Welcome to the Texas Law Dog Podcast, where we will get you off, literally and legally. Your weekly true crime podcast from the criminal defense lawyer's perspective. Join the Texas Law Dog and co-host Akash as they venture into the nitty-gritty of the criminal justice system and explore how there may be practicable solutions to cleaning it up. Any and all content produced should not be construed as formal legal advice, used for educational, marketing, and solicitation purposes only. Some information may be factual. All guests have agreed to use their real names and likenesses. All views and opinions expressed by the Texas Law Dog reflect the opinions of Texas Law Dog LLC only and should not be construed as formal or informal legal advice by a practicing attorney. The Texas Law Dog will not get you off, literally or legally, despite what he may claim. All right, ladies, gentlemen, others, we are back. Episode 14, and it is faster than I thought it would be, but uh, some events have transpired over the weekend, which um, unfortunately are not very funny. However, uh, since this is a comedy podcast that focuses on legal topics, we are going to deep dive into this new case regarding Dante Wright. And uh, unfortunately, if you have not seen this, um, we are going to play the audio for you shortly so that you can at least have a semblance of an idea if you haven't actually gone and seen the video. But I am joined today, and I am so excited for this. I can't believe it's actually happening. <laughs> but my roommate, Cece, is joining me. She is a true crime expert. She literally will tell you in her resume that she's about to list uh, that she is a follower of, I believe, seven different true crime shows? Seven, yeah. Hmm. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, just like every other white woman in America, I got started listening to true crime podcasts a few years ago when it got really big. And um, since then, I have really taken on a lot. I listen to podcasts about Texas crimes only. I listen to podcasts about... Uh, the court aspect after the crime has occurred and how things are prosecuted and why things are prosecuted the way they are. Uh, so when things like this happen on a national scale, it's always really interesting to me to see how things are done and why things are done and the order in which the court and the court of public opinion proceeds. Hmm. So you... Uh, <laughs> I guess it's important to tell the people what uh, your credentials are to speak on this, other than the fact that you're a fan of true crime. Now, I don't know if this is true, but is your was your dad a police officer? So I do come from a pretty extensive law enforcement family, which definitely skews how I view things sometimes. I have a bachelor's... Well, you decided to... Then you decided... Then I decided to date, to, to be roommates with a criminal defense attorney. So that's really also changed my point of view. I have you're a bachelor's welcome. degree in criminal... Crim- I have a bachelor's degree in criminology from a medium-sized school located in the SEC. And <laughs> she bleeds purple and gold. Bleed, That's all I'll say. I bleed purple and gold and spell things sometimes with an E-A-U-X at the end. <laughs> um, but I, I took a lot of really interesting classes in undergrad, uh, things like con law, which I wouldn't necessarily really say is... Constitutional law? Constitutional law, which I really wouldn't say is that interesting, but it's definitely it mm, laid the not groundwork. Lately. I had a, a, a woman who was truly... She made an impression on my education and the way I learned things. And um, I also took courses like 
prison systems, where I learned about prison systems around the world. Have you ever been to prison? I have never been to, well, I've been to a prison, but oh, not to... Just a visit? Not for a stay. Conjugal visit? Part of my prison's class was getting to uh, go to Angola and go to uh, death row. Oh, you didn't know anyone there? You weren't dating anyone? <clears throat> we do watch a show called... Uh... <laughs> Love After Lockup. Um, no, I was not there to date anyone, uh, but I did my... That's reassuring. My professor for that class was an adjunct professor. He uh, was a criminal defense attorney in the city where I was going to school. And he actually brought in some of his past clients who had spent time in Angola to talk to us about life in Angola. And by the time the class was over, they had reoffended and were being tried to go back to Angola. They were currently sitting in the parish. Pres- uh, par- parish. Wait, you got to watch them get revoked in live time? No, not in live time. But by the end of the class, we asked, like, hey, what's going on with your clients? Oh, and did you, you go like snitch on some of them? No, I didn't know it. I didn't know them. I didn't know anything about them. But they talked to us about life in Angola. And by the time the class was over, they had reoffended and been put back in the parish jail. So um, it, it was really interesting. I also had a class... Um, my introductory introductory criminology class taught by Dr. St. Pierre. She was an old woman, um, and that class was kind of filled with like people who were getting their degree. There were also a lot of police officers from the university that took that class in, in an attempt to get their degree. So it was a really mixed batch of knowledge bases, and Dr. St. Pierre would... Um, <laughs> we didn't know the answer she literally sat at her desk in the front of the room until someone looked it up and sometimes it took three seconds and sometimes it took so that's good a little socratic method for you guys a little socratic method yeah it was well so i guess i'll chalk up your expertise to about one semester in law school yeah that's probably about right (laughs) roughly one semester but then i have the law enforcement family where i learned a lot more about the law enforcement side of things yeah i've learned some things since i uh (laughs) since you've known me yep yeah i am oh you have an uncle i think who's a bail bondsman i do also have an uncle on one side of my family that does bail bonding you're covered from literally all angles on the criminal justice angle yeah from arrest you got all the way through yeah i'm good but luckily i don't ever really commit crimes beyond like speeding you know living with me no i don't i don't commit many crimes beyond just you know your regular did you say you speed run-of-the-mill speeding yeah i know it's an offense that i'm you not should proud not of admit that i know they'll come after you for that fine let them you in court it's a uh unfortunately a prima facie crime so it's <laughs> intent is irrelevant when it comes to speeding and you know what else when you know what other crime is a prima facie crime what other crime is i think there's only one other one what is it uh statutory rape oh great and speeding those things are alike <laughs> <laughs> uh equally uh awful i'd say yeah definitely not <laughs> by any okay good i want to make sure if you uh we're on the sarcasm meter with the law dog. The law dog's last episode was what'd you what'd you think of it? <laughs> I had to ask. Well, wait, you haven't listened, have you? <laughs> listen to it. I've been. You too haven't busy. listened to a damn thing. <laughs> you listened to like ten minutes of I've one been, episode. I've been too busy listening to all my other true crime podcasts and <laughs> Just getting stuff caught that up. actually gives you entertainment. Getting caught up on the ninety day fiance tell all <sighs> episodes. So yeah, I've been busy. Okay, so you don't know about this show. I know about this show. You've only heard the lunatic who runs it. I can overhear But you haven't actually heard the product, the finished product. Yes, I have. I've listened to some of your episodes. (laughs) When's the last time you listened? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's been a few weeks. <laughs> nah, you said the last one you listened to was episode five. Yeah. We're on 14. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Okay, good. A few months. I, I don't put one out every week. <laughs> yeah, I know that also. Uh, much to my listener's chagrin. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think that I'm so happy you're here. I... I can't believe that you uh, agreed to come on this show, but I'm very excited that you did because I trust you more than anyone in my entire life. So I think that given that I am absolutely already credible as a comedian who knows about the law, Mm -hmm. you compliment me perfectly. Sure, yeah. And I think the listeners will agree. And honestly, this might triple my base. This is a a topic I'm really passionate about because you get kind of – I can see the law enforcement side of it where it's like how sad that this happened, how sad for her family, how sad. I mean, her career is over her, her life. She's likely going to spend. Whoa, you're already siding with the cop. Well, hold on. I haven't gotten there. I can (laughs) see both sides of it. I can, I can see. There's no more both sides, but you have to take a side and scream about it. No, that's the, that's the, that defeats the purpose of having a conversation about it. Wait, so, wait. like I was saying, <laughs> you obviously don't read the news. Like I was saying, I can see both sides of it. I can see how sad that is for her family and how sad that is that she spent her whole life and it was ruined by This is something I'm really passionate about. I can see kind of both sides of it. I see the law enforcement aspect of it where I can feel the sadness from her family and I can, uh, her career is over. She's likely going to spend some time in prison, but on the flip side of that, I can feel and see the cultural impact this has and, and the impact it has on an already um, popular hot topic. That is a really, really difficult one uh, for people to discuss. So, well, and I think that it's just important to recognize that people are angry Justifiably. People are angry Uh, angry all across the country for various multitudes of reasons. There are two sides to every story, and we cannot convict people uh, in the court of public opinion. You know, like, I've been reading stuff on Reddit where people think that just a video of something happening is enough to put someone in prison. And unfortunately, that little groupthink is not going to fly when there's a constitution and real, you know, laws that actually deal with this stuff. So we wanted to give the people a spin-free, completely non-hyperbolic count of what we have discovered about this case so far. Not only did the police officer resign, the chief resigned chief tim gannon and also the mayor of brooklyn center is that it yes brooklyn center uh not only did the officer resign the chief tim gannon also resigned and then the mayor of brooklyn center dismissed the city manager from his position his name was pete orput because he refused to bring charges against the police officer or dismiss the officer from her from her post so there is now an acting city manager for the city of brooklyn center which adds to the chaos and confusion and outrage that people are feeling the mayor of brooklyn center is black the city manager was black so this does not appear to be racially based this just appears to be what it is yeah and i think that 
it doesn't matter who the races of any cops are when it comes to these kind of shootings or killings. That needs to be said. And uh, this is a comedy podcast, but when people die, unfortunately, there just isn't too much to laugh about other than, you know, our cops are trained less than our beauticians. And unfortunately, this one was a veteran of the fucking service for like 20 years. 26 years. 26 yeah. years. So it wasn't a rookie cop so, that made this mistake. I can speak. I, I hear you frequently say on your podcast that our officers... So you do listen. Are off, <laughs> I hear you say frequently that our officers have less training than our beauticians. But my dad served for 27 years. And my uncle is still serving. And... Will defend their honor. The, the training that they receive, it's just like every other profession. You're as good as your jo- at your job as you want to be. The amount of effort you put in reflects on how good you are at your position. So those officers who do the absolute bare minimum don't necessarily perform as well as they could, whereas there are plenty of officers that go to FBI trainings. They get extra training on how to use a gun. My dad grew up around firearms and went into being a police officer with an extensive background in how to appropriately handle a weapon. However, there are officers that do not, and they are given a couple days of training and sent out on their way with a deadly weapon, which is scary. scary. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's as simple as it can be put. So while, just like with every other profession, with lawyers, with teachers, with doctors, you are as good at your job as the amount of effort you're putting in. If you are slacking off and doing the minimum training and not keeping up on industry standards and things that you should know for your profession, that's when it starts to be questioned. And really, for police officers, they are paid quite poorly in most places. And I don't really blame a lot of people for not wanting to continue doing their training and updating things because they aren't being paid enough to afford those trainings. Um, You're saying that officers don't get paid enough to go out and risk their lives to protect us? I agree. I'm saying that... Just like our teachers don't get paid enough to go and educate our kids. I mean, there are a large... There are some cities where police officers make better money. And Uh, it reflects... Highland Park? Right. And it reflects in the service that is presented to the community and the amount of accidents and incidents that they have while they're on duty. Whereas when you... I mean, what do you think the average salary for a Minnesota police officer is? Well, are you using Google or DuckDuckGo? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Salary.com says that for a police officer in the state of Minnesota, they're averaging 52 to 70. However, other websites like ZipRecruiter say 30 to 61. I think it's really important to note that the salaries of law enforcement officers can be pretty heavily swayed by the amount of overtime that they're working. So their base salary is likely a lot lower than what is reported on average because of how much money can be made working overtime positions. So it's just, I guess, an important frame of reference going in as to why their salaries are relevant, but they're public service workers. So it's like everyone that, uh, backs the blue and teachers and firefighters like you're supporting socialism which is hilarious to me that like the hardcore republicans don't realize that they're state funded and government people like it's government right well and i i just pulled up i was interested to see what a state trooper in texas makes a trooper one which is 12 which is successful completion of a 12-month field training probation period that puts them at seventy three thousand dollars which 
that's a good amount of money. Yeah, if you're going to go out and maybe get shot every day. And they go through the DPS Academy, which I believe is 13 months. It's, it's an extensive program. But when you look at other police departments, DPS is a state-level program, and it they are much more highly trained than a regular city or county police officer. So I guess it comes down to training, right? Because sure. not all cops are created equal as far as their training goes. And I believe that, unfortunately officers that don't get correct training lead to more incidents on the job because as i've mentioned to my listeners i i actually researched your your dad's t-call records yes you did <laughs> and he's highly trained and <laughs> he is highly trained and yeah. he never had any incidents he, well and i he over 25 years not only he never did we, ever ever had a thing not only did we grow up did i grow up in a place that was relatively safe he worked in an area that was mostly rural and a lot of the calls that he were that he was called out to were loose cows or a domestic <laughs> dispute and I, love it. I, I always told him and I still tell him I, I tell him how thankful I am that he is reti- that he is how thankful I am that he is retired but I also he he did a really good job of community policing and that doesn't happen What is community policing? So community policing is getting out into the neighborhoods and letting people know who you are and that you're there to assist them so that they, when they shoot the side of their barn and the neighbor calls the, calls the police, he shows up and you already know him. You have an established relationship with him and you know what to expect. Um, and I, I, there's so many times when my dad, he would tell us, you know, I got called out to whatever house in whatever city and they said, oh, here comes you know, here comes officer so-and-so because they knew who he was and what to expect. (laughs) He did a really good job of letting people know who he was. And I think that when you call 911 or you call a non-emergency number and an officer shows up that you don't know, you don't know what to expect. They're there. They're, they're, they're scared. Everyone's scared. They're scared. They're worried about what they're showing up to. They don't know whether you're armed or whether you have a mental illness that they're going to have to deal with because they haven't been trained to deal with a mental illness. Think about if we did, if we, if we trained police officers on response to mental health crises, how many people would crisis response team, crisis response team, social workers. That's another thing. Social workers aren't paid and they are an integral part of our society. Yeah, and They have to volunteer like a million hours. Right. Those are literally, they're just searching, like, for social work, those people need to make, like, CEO salaries, right. and and it's so backwards because they literally suck out the greatest people who only want to help people who get paid nothing to go and, like, risk their lives, especially if they're working on a crisis intervention. Like, if you put up really good government-funded jobs for those positions, people would go and do them. Yeah. Okay, guys, so we we literally will talk about cops all day, but yeah. we wanted to get into this. Uh, and that's a good frame of reference, I think, just because you've if you don't have anybody who's in law, like if you fucking hate cops, which there's a lot of people that do, uh, some of them justifiably so, and other people that just never had a negative experience with the police officers, but because they see other people have them, they automatically do. Right. So we kind of wanted to just, A, not be hyperbolic about it and give them the give you all the understanding that they're people too they are scared too uh sometimes and unfortunately this is this kind of case is the result of 
departmental accountability. I mean, the lack of and failure of training. But we need to reevaluate how and why our officers are carrying a service weapon and a taser on the same belt, the same side. Because, I mean, that's a very easy and common, but like one is plastic and one is like metal. One is heavy, one is not. But when you're in the heat of battle, you might pull the wrong one. And so we'll play the video or the audio now. And this way you guys will at least have a frame of reference for which we're going to break down what happens and what we do. For couple of things I noticed right off the bat. Uh, I'd encourage everyone to go watch it for themselves. Uh, you can find it if you go on TMZ, YouTube, whatever. It's not, um, there's no blood or gore. It is. That's the, that's the thing. There's no muzzle flash either on the No gun. muzzle flash. So if you're looking to watch it, just know. And also I, I look at it and no one puts those sights on a Glock 19, FYI. Uh, so I don't know what happened in this case. Uh, I have zero clue. I just watching the video when it starts, the officers approach. Generally, protocol: you, you an officer will touch the back of your car before they come up on it, so they have a fingerprint on it. And all of the officers in this case were wearing gloves, and that's likely because of COVID. So then the officer who approaches on the driver's side, he immediately appears to just try to open the driver's side door to get him out. And the, he never even gave him the opportunity to roll his window down. So the guy gets like halfway out the car and he's standing up. And then they tell him that he has a warrant or a felony warrant. And um, we'll get into that in a minute. But then he starts to what appears to be resist like and get back in the car from and, and then the female officer who ends up firing her service weapon basically was like trying to help her like wrangle him in or back out of the car and when she says i'm gonna tase you she actually had pulled her glock 19 gen 3 with with sights that i've never seen before most departments set standards for what their officers are allowed to carry but within those standards you can carry pretty much what you want and um, a lot of the guns are paid for by the department um, but it does vary. So based on what you're saying, those sites may or may not be standard issue. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of an investigation. Yeah, I mean, usually all Leos have night sights, and right. those are clearly not night sights. They're stock white, and the slide never recoils on the video. And uh, and those are not sites you'd find on most law enforcement firearms. But that's the only thing I noticed out of the actual video that was like uh, hasn't been reported anywhere. But that notwithstanding, assuming that you know, bullet was fired. There's no blood in the video. There's nothing that shows him dying. Or... But it is still very. Yeah, it's definitely it's harrowing tough. because it's, tough to watch. it's like she pulls. She says, "I'm gonna tase you, taser, taser, taser," and then and then you hear a gunshot, even though you don't see the muzzle or the slide recoil. But 
Um, go watch it yourselves. And essentially what's going to happen now is, so she, she done fucked up. So you mentioned he had a warrant out for, so, well, I guess let's even go back further. Do we know originally why he was pulled over? So yes, it's comes out today that he had a felony warrant due to missing a zoom hearing. That was a misdemeanor warrant. The officer said felony warrant. Well, but I think it came out later that it was a misdemeanor. Okay, so that's even worse. Yeah. That's... Okay, so if it's a misdemeanor warrant, then here's what happened. is they, they sent the damn notice of hearing to his wrong address. They sent it to the wrong address. So the warrant was already issued mistakenly. Which means that if the clerical error hadn't happened then this kid would still be alive. These are our city government tax dollars, people. And this happens everywhere. And it is grossly incompetent at your local level. And you know nothing about it because the majority of you have never had to deal with the criminal justice system. But let me just tell you that the amount of incompetence that you will see in clerk staff for judges and in the district clerk's office Everywhere. It is gross incompetence everywhere. And it is a nightmare that every attorney has to deal with because literally those people are in an Andrew Jackson spoils system where they barely have to do anything to keep their jobs. And so this is the kind of results that we get by having people like that in those positions. And this is government every single place in America. All right, Cece, let's run down the warrant. So I think, too, we hear a lot of people say, like, well, you know, he shouldn't have had a warrant out for his arrest. He shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have done. He's an ex-felon. How are you going to trust someone that's an ex-felon? I really, I think that argument is really disgusting. Did his actions in the video help his situation? Uh, No, he was not compliant with their requests. However... His death is due to a negligent police officer who grabbed the incorrect weapon. So how does that... Due to an incorrect warrant. Due to an incorrect warrant over a wrong address. On a misdemeanor. (sighs) This is why people are protesting, okay? This is why if I were a young black person, I would want to burn everything down. Because this is bullshit. Oh, he's not. He, so he had, he had multiple felony arrests. But even then, that still doesn't... Doesn't he's a, matter. He's you, a college dropout. I, that is not an argument for someone dying in the street over nothing. But I don't think this goes back to a, a, you know, a driving while black type situation. I think that the officer did not act... She acted negligently. It was not an act of racial hate or any form of, of racial... Injustice. So do you know, has this happened before? I feel like it probably has, but I can't think of any, I can't think of any major Yes, cases. this did indeed happen. It was in Oakland, uh, 2009. If y'all recall the shooting of Oscar Grant, um, that was at a BART station and it was by the barrier rapid transit. It was, it went viral. I remember it. That was 2009? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, leading up to that shooting, he was on the train and recognized by his friend, uh, which caused an enemy from a nearby gang to recognize and proceed to fight him. 
And then when some other passengers on the train broke up the fight, the train conductor uh, announced that the police had been contacted and were on the way. And so then uh, the officer in that case walked up to um, the train to see if there was anyone involved. And he saw this guy dressed in an outfit similar to the person who had been fighting and um, shot him. So they shot the wrong guy with deadly force Mm -hmm. in that case. And uh, that case, what was it? Oh, there was small riots because they found him not guilty. Oh, wait, that's, excuse me, wrong. So the officer in that case was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter and not guilty on the murder charge and voluntary manslaughter. So there were were protests that occurred in Oakland after that. I remember in 2010, and the guy got out of, of prison after 11 months uh, on parole. So you said voluntary manslaughter versus involuntary manslaughter. I know charges haven't been brought on Officer Kim Potter yet, but can you walk us through, does Texas have involuntary and voluntary manslaughter? And if not, what are the other options? Great question. So in Texas, um, I cannot speak to our friends in Minnesota, but the way it'll likely... It's probably something very similar, but there's in Texas. Okay, so we'll start with the top dog, capital murder. There's nine different ways in Texas that you can commit capital murder. You can do it of a peace officer or a fireman. You can do it while intentionally, while committing a certain felony. You can do it for remuneration while escaping from a penal institution of a penal institution employee or a penal institution combination murder or while you're incarcerated for capital murder or murder or while you're incarcerated for a certain aggravated felony. Also, you can do it while you're in the same criminal transaction so that if you murder more than one person in the same criminal transaction, you can be charged with capital murder. Uh, You can also be charged during different criminal transactions. Uh, If the child that you murder is under the age of 10 years old, or in uh, retaliation of a judge. And then but under capital murder, there is uh, a bunch of different lesser included ways of, um, or different murder, I suppose, lesser versions of murder. Okay, there's four different kinds of murder. There's murder, which is a person intentionally or knowingly causes the death of an individual. There's murder while intending serious bodily injury, which is where a person intending to cause serious bodily injury commits an act clearly dangerous to human life that causes the death of an individual. There is murder while committing a felony, which is where a person commits or attempts to commit a felony other than manslaughter and in the course of and in furtherance of the commission or attempt or an immediate flight from the commission or attempt commits or attempts to commit an act clearly dangerous to human life that causes the death of an individual. And then under murder, you get into manslaughter and then criminally negligent homicide. So manslaughter is when a person recklessly causes the death of an individual, which in Texas is a second degree felony, which is two to 10 years. Um, And then under that, there's a lesser included called criminally negligent homicide, which is when a person causes the death of an individual by criminal negligence, which is... Which is... 180 days to two years in state jail and a $10,000 fine. So charges at this point in time have not yet been filed against that officer, but if they were going to bring charges, what do you think? Criminally negligent homicide? 
Yeah, I think that that would make the most sense just simply because it would be the easiest for the state to prove. And, uh, but given the fact that there could be media pressure to bring murder charges, I think that that would be incendiary because they could hammer home a, a manslaughter or a, or a criminally negligent homicide conviction just based on what I saw, which is not, I mean, that means nothing, but it's literally a, it's a fact call. And so, like I said earlier, if I'm the individual representing the police officer, mm-hmm. I am praying for, you know, kind of like the same situation like the guy from Oakland, um, right. Right. which is, you know, 11 months in a year and then you're out on parole. Well, what was he, what was his charge? What was his, what was passed down from the jury and from the judge versus what he actually served? Do we know that? I don't. Okay. So he could have been potentially sentenced to five years and got out based on time served and good behavior and overcrowding in prisons and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of like the, uh, I knew a guy, he uh, had like, eight DWIs and he violated his probation by forging AA signatures and then giving it to his probation officer. And then when that guy had a motion to adjudicate hearing, the judge called one of my friends back into the court chambers and was like, if you don't make a deal, I'm going to max your guy. (laughs) This is in a rural county. And I go back there and I'm talking to him and I'm like, all right, dude, the judge is going to give you 10 if you don't make a deal for... Five a friend had to go to the DA, and he was like, <laughs> "Well, the elected DA and beg." <laughs> so he ended up getting a smoking deal for this guy, and he ended up going and pleading for five years, and he did three months before he got back on parole. For for those of you playing along at home, back. a motion to adjudicate is a small trial to determine whether or not you violated probation. <laughs> For those of you who are unaware, what those yeah, big words mean. Yeah, that friend of mine, he was only nine months into his law practice. Wow. Did that. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like. If she's charged and found guilty of criminal negligence, she's going to spend what, three to 10 is what you said? I don't know, in Minnesota. In Texas. In Texas, it's two to 10. Two to 10. Okay, so she serves five years, right? And she gets out. She's a felon at that point. She's no longer eligible to be a law enforcement officer of any sort but she is well she already resigned so she should have she serves 10 and she gets out she'll be a convicted felon and she'll have to follow the rules that come with yeah. convicted felon okay. and never be you know she was a she probably had a fat pension yeah 26 years in yeah lost that well and by resigning she loses the projection protections from the, she police, get the union. police union lawyers right. so she's gonna have to hire her own right so that's going to be a hundred grand easy, easy to get anyone that's worth a, a shit. And um, yeah, man, she's in for a world of hurt. And unfortunately, this is—I don't know if the broader lesson is training, training, training. Do we need to just be less pull our guns and more relax? I mean, here's the thing—he well, was getting with, back in his car trying to evade them. The issue with that statement and this case is she did not believe that she had pulled her gun. She thought she had pulled her taser, which in this case is an appropriate reaction. So if, and if you were a criminal defense lawyer, maybe one of your arguments would be that she reasonably thought she pulled her taser. Right. And as a result, 
it's up to the juror to decide what was reasonable in the frame of what was happening. So if I'm her lawyer, I'm hammering home. She never wanted to kill this guy, ever. She never had any intent. Right. But that's why there's those lesser included. So that was actually my next question is, let's say you get a call tomorrow from a police officer who's in a similar situation and there's a similar video. What is your defense? And how do you use the video to further your defense of this person? Well, I mean, if I were hired on this case, I would immediately be wondering why the video doesn't have a muzzle flash or any blood. But that might just be because it's edited for the public. Um, I don't know. But that is a big question mark for me. Uh, because we don't even know. I mean, we're just based on the fact that he, like, we're told that he died, but I didn't see him die on on a camera. So uh, that... It is 34 degrees in Minnesota right now, so it's fairly possible he may have had multiple layers on that would have... Yeah, and he was wearing a jacket. He was wearing a jacket, which would have... So definitely want to hi- hit it, right. you know? Absolutely. Right. So I think that... It's 90 degrees in Texas And I'm right not now, saying that so. there, this is a massive conspiracy wherein like, they're setting this up so that the city can burn twice. But know? it does lead you to, to wonder... But why did it happen there? <laughs> no, we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But all I'm saying is it's, it's very interesting that it all happened there. And, um, well, that speaks a lot again to what the fuck is in the water, Minnesota. What is in the water? What is not in the training that their police officers <laughs> what is are happening down there? Right. I mean, geez, it's One, once is an accident, twice is a problem, three times is a trend, and it starts to make you wonder. But, like, here's the thing if, if the bad guys, if there's no more cops, who's gonna save everyone? Because here's the thing everyone still calls the police. There are plenty of people that are arguing for the police to be defunded. There are plenty of people who would like the police to operate in a fashion similar to the... Military. No, no. They would like the police to operate in a fashion similar to the fire department, where they come when you call. The fire department's not out driving neighborhoods looking for fires to put out, and people ask that police would operate in a similar function. However, if you go back to a basic model of policing and look at community policing and how much of an impact that can make on a community then then you start to lose that aspect. But how many officers in the country are focusing on a community policing aspect? I would say not very many because they are understaffed and poorly paid and poorly educated. So that's a problem. Um, I, I struggle with the defund the police issue because I see that police that there is a value of a police officer in a community. However, there are also police departments in this country that have billion dollar budgets looking at you new york city and they they all have it under the guise of counterterrorism. it's 2021 and while i do understand that september 11th rocked this country and rocked that city at some point counterterrorism no longer becomes uh, an argument for having a billion dollar police budget that is that is absurd to see police departments with military style vehicles and to see them dressed as paramilitary professionals and and yeah i don't think that inspires much confidence in our populace it doesn't and that doesn't also make people but here's why they sell it this is why they're going to justify it they can do that because everybody in this country is armed so that allows them to win twice they get to sell all the guns and ammo and they get to sell paramilitary policing 
I don't think that's why that... Oh, you don't think people like to be sold things in America? I think they like to be sold things, but if if you... What was your statement? <laughs> One that blew your freaking mind. <laughs> no, I disagree. I disagree with it. I, how many crimes that... I, I would actually be really interested, and I don't know that this data is even available, but how many crimes that police are called out on involve a handgun or a any type of firearm. Right. I'd, I'd venture to say that the majority of people who are gun owners don't go out. Well, there's a difference in being a gun owner and someone who possesses a weapon. Absolutely. And, like, I think that there needs to be a very clear delineation about who the real bad guy is here. It would also be really interesting to see the breakdown of, we had this conversation recently about how many people don't know what a mass shooting is and that they don't, people think that a mass shooting is Sandy Hook or that it is a Columbine-like situation. A mass shooting is four or more people. A mass shooting can happen in your backyard with Did a single family. Did you see that family. meme I sent you? That should be an NFT. Of all of the mugshots of the mass shooters of 2020? Yes, I did. And and that's that's what's crazy is we've been so conditioned to believe that mass shootings happen in Las Vegas and in Columbine and in well, Sandy Hook ones that you cover. and in Santa Fe. But there are mass shootings happening frequently. It's four or more people. And... Um, to me, that's not mass. I need like 25 bodies for it to be a mass casualty event. Well, the difference in a casualty and a fatality, a casualty is either Anyone someone who is or... injured, but a fatality is a death. All right, so... well, I want 25 bodies that are shot. Well, when you reclassify it like that, then you have a lot less mass shootings, but then what do you charge that person with? Just Mental illness. multiple, multiple charges of... Uh, people that go out and commit mass shootings need to be looked at and, like... Where they come from, and who educated them, and what they were involved with before they committed said shootings. Uh, the best one that never got explained was Stephen Paddock in Vegas. I think it's also the difference in a mass casualty incident and a mass shooting. Those are two different things. So a mass shooting is four or more. A mass casualty incident, which falls more under an emergency management aspect, not a criminal aspect or a police aspect, would be three or more. So it allows the government to really use scary words like mass shootings when it's really, it could be a domestic violence incident where the guy goes and kills his family and his ex-wife or whatever. But you're not charged with a mass shooting. You're charged with multiple counts of murder. Right. Right. But so, it's considered a mass shooting. Right. So I don't know, guys. It's, it's all very interesting. It's all very sad. And we're happy to comment on it um, because... It's something that that isn't done without spin anymore. And so we wanted to literally get to sit down and say, okay, this is what happened in this case. I, for as, as, from what I'm seeing, she's yelling, I'll tase you, taser, taser, taser. But I also believe that there was someone else in the vehicle. There was. His girl, girlfriend, wife. Okay, so she didn't get shot. No, she did not. They had She's not a even. Witness. She is the witness. She is the witness. She was injured in the subsequent car accident that happened after the car pulled off. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. then I need to hear from her. Yeah, I think as a defense attorney, 
as, as a potential defense attorney, that would be your first stop, right? I want to hear from the other person that was in the car. I want to talk to those two officers that were also on the scene. I want to know, was that body cam footage altered to change or to protect the public's perception? Yeah, what, what was I mean, going on with the video? I want to know everything. I want to know, I want to see her training record. I want to, and then when you get to talk to her, what are your questions for her as, an, as her defense attorney? What, what are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking uh, if I'm the if I'm re- if I were to represent the cop, which I never would. I'm a comedian, but if I love the don't law, say that you would represent a cop under the right circumstances. As a comedian, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, if they allowed me to do that as a comedian, I would absolutely represent a police officer. But um, they need to amend the laws to allow comedians to just be lawyers. Right. <laughs> Who needs a law degree? Who needs to pass it's the exam? It's comical at this it point. It doesn't matter. Might as well. Uh, if you can sell a jury and, oh, this would be a great experiment. Just throw someone in there that isn't a lawyer. We talk about this all the time with the Olympics. Just put someone normal in there that's not a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, we need to control. So you can see what a normal person would look like. I would love to see my buddy, Jeff, running alongside Usain Bolt. Jeff with a G, so you know he comes for money, <laughs> like New Girl says. <laughs> no, I, but in all seriousness, what are you asking her? You're sitting down with her right now. What are you asking? And what type of experts are you bringing in to meet with her and to assess her mental... The first thing I'm doing is going, let me see your Glock 19. Why the fuck did you put these sights on it? <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, the second question I'm asking is... Well, and here's the thing. Uh, she probably already did lawyer up. Did she resign, right? She resigned. I think she has lawyered up. Let's see. Well, let's get him on the phone. Do you want me to call him? <laughs> I'm sure he's not busy. <laughs> I need a comment for the Texas Law Dog podcast. Speaking of, guys, uh, I have locked up while CeCe's looking this up. I'm going to talk about the next episode. I was joking about the Mighty Ducks rankings in the last one. However, we will make that a segment because... My buddy who gave me the idea was like, we're absolutely doing this as a segment. So um, in addition to that, I have a interview lined up with the individual who runs an Instagram account by the name of The Free Thought Project. They currently have uh, quite a few followers, so I'm really excited to get to speak with uh, Jason over there at The Free Thought Project. And that will be coming out on the next episode. So... Be looking forward to that. I'm also going to uh, have on my friend, who's an attorney, to talk about LGBTQ issues because I think that that is something that people are scared to talk about. And he is in my bowling league, and his team name is the Glory Bowls, and uh, they're very dramatic, and they buy everyone's shots, and they're my favorite people in the entire world now because they get mad at me when I don't do my hair and dress properly the weeks that we play them and give me a lot of shit for looking like uh, white trash, um, which is the dress code for this bowling alley. So uh, no one gave them the memo, but I I will be having my friend Bo from the Glory Bowls on the show to talk all things law being a gay lawyer how that affects his life and i am so excited for that so be looking forward to that coming up we're getting into everything guys like i want to broach every subject i want to get into the nitty-gritty i want to understand america from a comedic angle and figure out 
what we are all doing wrong and where we can all get back. And, uh, and I think that it's a noble effort to do it in this way, but time will only tell. Cece, what'd you find on us? I, I don't see that she's officially secured any sort of lawyer or representation of any sort. Um, that may so if I'm, she, she hires a lawyer, probably getting out in front of the press immediately. Sure. Trying to get ahead of it. Yeah. Well, does preemptively hiring a lawyer express guilt? She hasn't been formally charged. Great question. I mean, it's, it's any time police officers are investigating you and you hire a lawyer, they automatically assume you're guilty. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe she's... But that's the thing is that, and it's very interesting... Like I said, where this happened, the timing of it, I'm not, I don't, I'm not aware of all the specifics. But if if I were her, I would be lawyering up immediately to try and get not only my side out there, because Chauvin never did that. Right. And when we look at the Floyd case, it's it's a much different case than this, obviously, but uh, similar in that it's covered by the media. Do you know, uh, and, and this is just me kind of brainstorming, as part of a law school course, set of courses, are law school students required to take any sort of public relations courses? <laughs> it seems like they should have we to, right? We are taught how to not deal with people. Right. Because we're all elitist pricks. It should be fixed. They should make you take public relations so you know what to do. No, they teach you how to deal with other lawyers in law school, but That's... they don't teach you how to deal with people. So maybe you should do a public relations undergrad and then go to law school that seems like those would fit really i should start my own undergraduate university <laughs> and call it trump university the other monks. the other <laughs> trump university yeah that went really well for him so i can't see what a scam artist didn't he like rob people blind uh, like he's yeah still doing. the department of education forgave people of their student loans because that's how bad it was i love america it was essentially itt tech Oh, man, guys. Well, just remember, we have police because everybody's armed. So if everyone just gave up their guns, we wouldn't need police anymore. That's not true. No, we all just carry nunchucks. Everyone gets assigned a government pair of nunchucks. We're all trained to whoop each other's asses. And would there we be, don't need guns anymore. Would open carry of those nunchucks be allowed? Mm, only in the South. Only in the South. Okay, got it. <laughs> would I need a license to carry? In New York, absolutely. Okay. You better scan, come, come, too. Come, come. Um, well, what else? I mean, this case is still... This, it's new. It's, it's fresh. Unfolding. But you wanted to get some info out there. I know. So it's like, we don't know. All the facts are still unfolding. You know, you've talked to me and some of my friends and some of your friends about what to do in the event that you are pulled over. Can you talk about proper protocol in the event that you are pulled over so you could potentially event uh, uh, potentially avoid being killed due to a traffic stop i'm very glad you asked that uh, there's a definitely a few things you can do that will make your life easier if you are pulled over by the police uh, we have covered this if you had listened to the show <laughs> or if you if anyone follows you on instagram you did a video about it uh, yes, and uh, that account is at TXLawDog, obviously, so you can go on to my Instagram and see some funny memes uh, that I enjoy posting every day that everybody hates, and a few things that are just 
easy to keep in mind, be polite and respectful because the officers never know what they're pulling up on. So if you greet them with a smile, it's generally going to go a lot longer for you than if you're just like, what do you want, asshole? You know, like if, if you just give them immediate sass, you're getting a ticket. And generally, like 90% of the time, officers have already determined if they're going to write you a ticket or not before they even get out of the car. So how you act can literally save you sometimes, not only from further questioning, but just from an unnecessary ticket. So you can have your license and your insurance already in your hand, ready to hand to them. And when he asks you where you're coming from, where you're going, you could say, officer, respectfully, I don't want to talk about you with my personal life. Would you mind just telling me why you pulled me over? And this will literally set them aback because most people are very primed to want to incriminate themselves when they're pulled over because your heart's beating a little faster. And unless you're a criminal defense attorney, you're going to be probably a little bit more nervous than the average person. I'm nervous. I'm a comedian. Every time I get pulled over, shit. So every time they pull me over, I'm always conscious to make an effort to understand why they pulled me over at the beginning of the transaction so that once they start questioning you, have you been drinking? Is that weed I smell? You can just be like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about, officer. Can you please give me my citation or am I free to leave? And by saying those words, you're going to trigger something in them that requires them to either detain you or investigate you further if they think that you're doing something wrong. But the Supreme Court has ruled that officers can't unnecessarily stop people over. And the reasonable time limit varies between three and 10 minutes, depending on which state you're in. So it's it's very important to just not give them any ammo to use against you. When they're like, Do you, did you see yourself speeding? You say no. I wasn't speeding. Or if they're like, you didn't stop at that stop sign. You look back and you say, I absolutely have no idea what you're talking about. You don't ever have to admit what you've done because then you automatically lose your case. So give yourself a fighting chance unless it's speeding, in which case you hire a good traffic lawyer to go down there and ask him about his tuning fork and a bunch of like (laughs) 40 questions about if he had his radar tuned correctly. You make him into a radar expert and you take him on board dire and it's hilarious in front of a municipal court jury. But outside of doing that, it's just way easier to be nice and take the ticket and fight it later. Don't be a dick then. Yeah, that's a great point. Do not fight the police in the streets. Take them and to court. And when they're like, if you do this, we're going to help you, they never will. Yep. No, I will have my lawyer and I will see you in they court. They are allowed to lie to you uh, yep. legally. So don't give them any ammo. That's it. You know, guys? You know, it's trials and and. and cases and, and things that go on in the world like this that remind me how privileged I was to grow up in a world where I thought that police were trustworthy and that they could be trusted. And as you get older, you start to see that that is not typically the case. Um, And those are the people that you're supposed to trust. You're taught in school. I mean, think about dare I, I don't even think dare exists anymore but how that was supposed to help you develop a, a relationship well, with a law no, enforcement in the officer. 90s they told us not to take experimental drugs and now you can't sign up fast enough to get one all right guys i think that was a good enough chat and uh we got pig royalty tonight so. for those of you who may have heard the law dog talking earlier about what his next podcast is going to be about he's actually incorrect i will be joining him again to talk about um, episode five of pig royalty for those of you who do not have discovery plus login credentials please hit up the law dog at his instagram um, tx law dog 
he'll be happy to share with you. Um, and that way you can join us for our next episode. Pig royalty, people. It'll change your lives. That's going to be a whole episode on itself. We'll be back. Thank you, Cece, for joining me today. I really appreciate your true crime insight. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for, uh, you know, tolerating the law dog on a daily basis. Yeah. How is that? Whew. It's a lot. I mean, we have lived together for two years and almost two months. Uh, you knew me before I was a corporation. Uh, yeah, and a Canadian. And uh, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been really good. Thank you for joining us. We can't wait to have you back on. I think you're going to be a fan favorite. I hope so. I can't <laughs> wait to come back and talk to y'all. All right, guys. We'll be back with a bunch of good content soon. Uh, love y'all. See y'all soon.